0: Hey everyone, it's James here. Just before we kick off, it would be absolutely amazing if you guys could do us a massive favor by going to Spotify and rating us not three, not four, but five stars and hitting the bell so that you get notified when we release one of our awesome episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at the pitch report underscore pod. So if you could do that, that would be a massive help. Hope you enjoy the episode. Happy listening. Let's go. Excellent. That's
1: just a remember stuff. He touches the air and brightly so. Richard Shepherd in a magnificent ovation. He's got enough on that. That's the beauty of North Sydney Oval.
0: Hello, welcome back to the pitch report. I'm James Barr. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Stephen Kelly. Stephen, how are we travelling, mate? I'm very good, James. How are you, mate? Oh, that's just what we love to hear. I'm very good as well. I'm a little bit annoyed though, because we were supposed to release this episode last week. Um, but someone decided to book our studio in the time that we like to record. So, uh, it is a week late and we do apologize for, for any listeners out there, but we really are at the back end of the domestic season now. The Sheffield Shield final is on as we speak. And, uh, Victoria, well, they're in an interesting position. little bit precarious but uh Ash Chandra singer has kept us afloat with mm. a, an almighty 260 odd ball knock for for a sturdy
1: 46 night out. yeah <laughs> <laughs> you were just talking it up and then it just sort of went mm. but no I uh, saw stuff from him uh, everyone was losing the wickets around him so he's sort of he's just he's stuck in he's done his job he's done his job yeah. even though he did go out to a uh, no ball
0: off lance morris but um got got a little bit lucky there but you know what I- i'm looking for the upside here and ash chandra singer if he's facing 260 balls in three to four years time and he's got a bit of extra confidence he's making 150 instead of 46 not out i think not to take anything away from wa they bowled really well yep uh, Kelly Paris Lance Morris, Lance Morris. Yeah. It's a very handy pace attack. Yeah. So fair play to, to change your singer there when everyone else couldn't really stay in. And, uh, we've got a few things to go through today. We've got hot and cold, some talking points, a big announcement of the Australia, a tour of New Zealand that sort of came a little bit out of nowhere. And we we've just thrown this in and, uh, our big discussion for the week, the summer of cricket, how would we go about scheduling that? And how would we fix things that are, that are running right now? So let's get on with it. The talking points, we had the Marsh Cup final recently. WA absolutely dominated in this. South Australia, it was great to see them in there. We thought we they'd finish last in the one-day cup. Yep, good yeah, uh, They've done well to get there, but Western Australia just proving that they are, really should be an international side, honestly. Yeah, it's frightening. Yeah, very good. Josh Inglis just going massive, 138, opening the batting. Josh he would be a little bit disappointed with know, <laughs> his yeah. efforts there. They posted 387 and he only managed two at the start of the innings. Falling to Spencer Johnson, Cam Bancroft just a little bit beneath his standards, I reckon. With ninety, disappointing. Uh, he'd be he'd be disappointed with that. Mitch yeah. Marsh just absolutely whacking fifty six off thirty, including five sixes in there. Mm. And then uh, a few of the other boys, Aaron Hardy with twenty three, not out at the end, two sixes and one four. Agar with twenty six as well at the end, yep. getting that score quite high there. Nathan McAndrew had a day to forget with none for oh, ninety nine yeah. off nine. <laughs>
1: yeah, I forgot about that. That's. Oh.
0: Not great. Yeah, to be fair, not many of their bowlers had had a great day. Bembenenti right. two for seventy-seven off ten. Where's Agar two for fifty-six off ten. Henry Thornton, two for 75 off eight. That's not much better. So, yeah, um, tough going for the, for the South Australian bowls. And then they went in and had a bat, but they didn't really have a chance. They, they did all right to, to yeah. post 206. Um, Kelvin Smith just very randomly got his debut. Yeah, I, I well, didn't even realize it was his debut. He's been yeah. in the system for so, so
1: long. Well, Jake Carter got injured in the warm up. Yeah. So they had, to, they had to bring in someone. Um, so a bit of drama to start the day, which is, Oh, very exciting. They just throw him in. He opens the batting and
0: he makes 44 off 34 and he does really well.
1: They, they actually got off to a pretty solid start.
0: They did. Um, Henry Hunt as well yeah. made, made a 50. And, yeah. but yeah, Calvin Smith, he's a bloke that's been around the system for so long. He, he started in South Australia, he went to Western Australia for a few years, made heaps of runs in Premier Cricket, came back and is now playing for South Australia. And I don't know why he hasn't been in the side sooner. He's yeah. a, a very much a, a Daniel Drew sort of type who I'm going to touch on now. It's he's big. really just snuck up in the shield batting. He's, he's finished the... Third in the run scoring. yeah. I don't know how this has happened. I think part of that was probably because he made 200. Yes, that um, would help. But yeah, no, really pretty good. Dead. For a bloke who hasn't played consistent shield cricket up until this season mm. to manage 636 runs at an average of 45.43, that's an incredible effort from him. Good on him. In a, in a South Australia side that that has overcome the odds of this season.
1: Yeah, I'd and say I think, they've done better than either of us thought they would ever. Like oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, For both competitions. Yeah, yeah I think we had them last in both. And I didn't think they were going to be terrible this year. I just thought every other state was going to be better
0: than them. But yeah. <laughs> they proved that they yeah, they weren't going to roll over and let, let teams beat them. They actually put up a fight and they, they won a few games and did really well, especially in the one day cup. So, but unfortunately the middle order, a bit of collapse there, Daniel drew eight, McSweeney one, Lehman nine, Menenti nine, Nielsen 15. And then Nathan McAndrew was really the only other one that made any sort of runs with 42 at the back end there. And, uh, Ashton Agar just cleaning up five for sixty four off off his ten overs and yeah. AJ Ty as well. He always takes wickets in one days, doesn't does, he? he? Yeah. Three for thirty four off seven bowling really well.
1: So mm. uh, yeah, just a touch on Agar. That's um, it's a good response after he um, got sent home basically. For Absolutely, yeah. And- yeah, so you, you like to see stuff like that, so don't him? Yeah, I don't
0: Ashton? Yeah, I think his Red Bull stuff, he, he didn't really have a lot of it coming mm-hmm. into India and no. it's probably not ideal or what he would have wanted. But, yeah, yeah to, to come and respond like this, it's really good to see and he going back to India now or he was in India playing for <laughs> he's Australia. He's has back now from is Yeah, well, lots of travelling for Heck. Ashton. Yeah, I know, right. Taking Fiverr in a, in a Marsh Cup final, that, that's huge, and WA yeah. go back to back. Yep. Good and on. we've had... Plenty of retirements here. Some really big names, so, a really yeah. illustrious yeah. list of, of players that have hung up the well, the gloves, the ball, <laughs> the bowling shoes. Yeah. Trent Copeland with yeah. the bowling shoes. Um, uh, I reckon he should have almost retired last season, but he, he's held on for another season. But I think, yeah, this is definitely the right time. He's got yeah. his Channel 7 stuff to, to yeah, fall exactly back right. on. But I, I think people they look at him on channel 7 and they they overlook the career that he's had in first class cricket. He, he's been yeah. so good for so long for for New South Wales, <laughs> just plugging away, real sort of unique kind of bowler, swing bowler. Just doesn't bowl that quickly, more more medium pace than yeah. anything, but yeah, a real stalwart for for yeah. New South Wales there, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's he's brilliant. Um he got rewarded played a few um tests for Australia as well. I think he played one. One? Oh, yeah. well, a test for Australia. Yeah, just a uh, solid career and he should be very proud. He should, and
0: so should this man here, Sean Marsh, who's had well a little bit of a better career than Trent Copeland, I think it's fair to say, Yeah, pretty uh, probably didn't kick on in terms of an international exactly. career as what he or other people would have wanted. Definitely yeah. a whipping boy at times when we weren't doing well, but when we were, he was on and he was firing. I remember that 2017-18 Ashes series, I think it was here in Australia, and we were all doing well, but Sean yeah. Marsh at number five was absolutely brilliant, hitting his peak, yeah. and uh, even in the past few years. He's been absolutely – he's just looked ageless. Yep. He, he was on top of his game even when he was 38 years old, and now he's he's de- dealt with injuries this season. He probably didn't go out the way he would have wanted to, but I think he got back for, for one game this season, which was good to see. Mm. He'll keep playing in the Big Bash, I believe, for the, at least next season. Um, whether he goes on after that, probably not. But mm. Sean Marsh, fantastic career. Honestly, can't discredit it at all.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's definitely in the conversation – at least for our generation for being um best domestic cricketer or best Australian well, I would make player, the argument for that, yeah. That he would be number one or would he be just in the top? He'd two, definitely three. be top three comfortably. Yeah. yeah. For me, yeah. He's been spectacular and he should be like Copeland, he should be very proud. Incredible career. Mm-hmm. Much Yeah,
0: I, I think the only indictment on his career is that he probably would have wanted to be playing in the Australian side his whole career.
1: Probably, yeah. I've, well, injuries have played a bit of that as well, though. They haven't just helped him, no. Yeah, he just can't get fit
0: sometimes. And, but when he was yeah. on, he was on, and whenever he went back to domestic cricket, he'd he was, always go and yeah. prove the selectors wrong, and that's why he kept getting caught up again and again mm. and was just, yeah, and will go down as one of the, the top three domestic cricketers of probably the last 20 years. Yep. Tim Payne, another one. This is a big one. I, I, honestly, I don't know why we've put him third here because he probably should be top or second in this yeah, list. But
1: yeah, former Australian captain Tim Payne. Yes. Um, tremendous career as well. <laughs> Ruined by injuries. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think he will always be remembered for what he did for Australia. And he, he should be. Yeah. Rightly like, so. He. He brought us out of a, probably one of the darkest times in the drone career history. He did. And, and that's, that's
0: no easy feat. Yep. Um, and it's certainly a lot easier said than done. Yep. And him and Justin Langer should get a lot of credit for what they did. Tim Payne, especially because there weren't really up, any other leaders in that team with Smith and Warnick gone at that time. And yep. he's come in at a, a very tumultuous period and, and led us through and actually had success on the back of it. Yep. Um, to, to go from that and then to, go and retain the ashes in England, uh, something we haven't done for 20 years, is a, an absolutely remarkable achievement. And yep. I think he, he'd probably like to have had a bigger impact with his cricket rather than his captaincy. I think yeah. his batting was always – it always came under criticism mm. a, at points, but mm. uh, he did his job. He still averaged 33 in
1: chess cricket, which yep. – Without a without 100, so yeah, – Exactly right. <laughs> it's pretty solid. Good stuff, Tim. I've always been a fan, so – it's, it's sad to yeah. see him go. It was a bit of a shame that it was sort of not much fanfare, considering what yeah. he's done for Australian cricket. But at the same time, he he might just be happy to go out quietly. Yeah, I'm sure he would be. I think
0: that's well, that was the plan initially before he even became true. Yeah, of course. Or well, he came back into the Test side, yeah. so yeah, going out quietly. But he really shouldn't be because because of his contributions to Australian cricket and he yeah, what he's done. Yep. Now, Victoria, they're in the Sheffield Shield final. They are. And true. it came about on the back of some unbelievable form, with Will Sutherland leading the boys five straight victories yeah. after not winning a game before Christmas. Absolutely unbelievable. And uh, I don't know about Pete Hanscom coming back as captain because uh, he hasn't won a game this season <laughs> as captain. And then Will Sutherland's got a 100% record. But, true, yeah. Um, they're in the final now. We'll see how they go. It'll be done by the time this comes out, so hopefully – They've got the victory, but, no, sorry, we're unbiased here. Yeah. Um, go Western. Go. Krigger's the real winner. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we're going. All right, we'll move yeah. on to hot and cold now, Steve. Yeah. Who's hot? Josh
1: English, we touched on him before. He's on
0: fire. On fire. Get him in the uh, Australian one-day side
1: ASAP. He, he was, he, actually. He was, yeah. He only made 25 or something. But- That's fine. <laughs> then he got dropped for Kerry. but. Yeah. Uh, but, no, like I think it was the highest score in a um, one-day cup final. Yeah, that sounds so- about right. So uh incredible stuff from Josh English. And the bloke he's playing right
0: now – oh, no, he's not playing right now, but Campbell Kellaway for Victoria is another he's one. Been, yeah,
1: he was, been, he was promoted in
0: the final, he bat, batting at three. He was. Yeah. Gone up to number three, and he's in the Australia A side, which we will touch on later, yep. and he's been doing really, really well, stood up for so well for such a young guy. Yep. Mitch Marsh as well, doing really well for Australia now, but before that he was really yep. in form yep. when he came back and played for Western Australia. We touched on that 50 in the final yeah. and he was making runs before that as well.
1: What do you make of him opening the batting?
0: Cause I love it. Oh, I love it too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's a long term thing. I think he's a good number three. Yeah.
1: I prefer him opening to be honest. Like yeah, he could I, do I've it. been thinking they shouldn't do it for a while just cause he loves the pace. So just get him all the pace. And- what do you think of the top three head, short, forward marsh? marsh. That would be wild. Uh, I like that. Mm. Well, short, shorts unproven, but. I don't care. <laughs> in theory, it'd be really good. He's the best
0: one day opener in the country <laughs> along yeah. with Josh Phillippe. So yeah, true, true. I don't, I don't see why we shouldn't get him in. Bo Webster, another bloke. He just sometimes he just has this one game in the season where he yeah. goes out and makes 170 batting at seven. Yeah. I don't know how he does it, but he does
1: it every single season. And I don't think he gets enough credit for it. He snuck up in terms of the amount of runs he scored in the shield this season. Cause I think he, he's in the top. Six or five or something. <laughs> yeah, he probably scored, is, which surprised me when I looked at it. So because he bats at number seven. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, he's he's just he's he's always just goes under the radar. I reckon, Bo. Yeah, he's a very solid cricketer. Yeah, he's not one that you'd really
0: put in like contention for international selection. But no. he's as good as you can get. Yeah, as like a B grade sort of. Cricketer at domestic level, I think. Yeah. B plus. Yeah. B plus player. B plus player. That's the one. Daniel Drew, we mentioned him before. He's been in, in great form and I don't think we really need to touch on him too much given we mentioned him before, yeah. but he has been hot as well. Who's cold though? Oh. Steve, the Queensland openers, Joe Burns and Bryce Street haven't made it. Both haven't posted a 50 in 2023.
1: Yeah. Oh, I think did Street post one in their last game? I feel like he, oh, may, he might have. Yeah. Before but, I bef- wrote this. Yeah. But- before that though, my. Yeah, they just forgot how to bat, which is a real shame because I really rate. Well, I rate Bryce Street as an opener. I remember, he did. He uh, went and made a ton. Yeah, yeah one hundred and two right. in the second innings. There. Um, but yeah, other than that, they were pretty quiet. So, um, but yeah, Burns. I'm not really sure where he is going to be now in terms of like. He's come, well, did we, mean, we towards didn't, the end of his career. We didn't think he was going to be in the side. No, I season. wouldn't have, I wouldn't have played. Like, he, he probably needs to be batting in the middle order.
0: If, if you get yeah, I mean, that's, that's another thing we said.
1: Yeah. He probably could do that, but. Cause you got Renshaw, Kawadra and Street for Queensland. Obviously, you know, yeah, the two are a pick. Bit- <laughs> I don't, I don't know how they're
0: going to schedule the, the international season next season, but if they can get one of Kawadra or Renshaw for a, quite a, a lengthy period at the start of next season, I think yeah. Joe Burns will find himself out of the side. Bright yeah. Street will probably keep his spot. I, I think hope so.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what we thought. And then he, Street hasn't
0: been playing, so. But Renshaw should definitely be opening the batting for Queensland in Shield Cricket, I believe, ahead of Joe Burns. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. You've seen, this is another debut we missed, um, RN Jane coming in. Um, yeah. He's but- been around the second 11 setup for a little while now. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's coming in and bat at number three. I didn't really do too much, but yeah, whether we see more of him going forward, Jack Clayton sort of cemented himself in that side. Now, um, Max Bryant looks like he's he's going to be a regular in that Shield side, and he's finding form and and making runs. Jack Wildemus back now. He can bat in the top six, and Jimmy Pearson solid as ever. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they balance their side, whether Sam Hazlitt actually Finds himself in there consistently. Doesn't feel like it. He's really sort of kicking on now and he, he, well, he should be kicking on, but he's not. (laughs) He is. um, In terms of age, he's kicking on. So I think time's running out for him, even though he is, he's not, he's not old, but he needs to cement himself soon or he's just going to find himself in no man's land, which he's sort of in at the moment. Mm. Going to a few Victorians, Jake Fraser McGurk. What's happening to him?
1: No idea. Him, I, would, I would put him and Mackenzie
0: Harvey in the same boat, to be honest. But where are they? Yeah, exactly right. Um, they were supposed are to they, be the, the two young guys yeah. in the middle order and then Chandra and Kellaway have come along exactly. and shown they're just better, I think.
1: Are they even playing second 11? I don't, I even, I don't even know they are. I don't think so. Fraser yeah. McGook
0: might be, but he has not been making runs at all. Yeah. So I think a, he's made about 250s this season in Premier cricket. That's a concern. And he had a really, really poor big bash where I don't think he. No, yeah. Made past five in the, the limited opportunities that he got. Travis Dean is another one. He keeps yeah. getting a, a game for the Vicks, probably. Well, that was
1: just because they, who else were they going to pick? They, exactly. They would right. have had to pick a debutant, which I was not opposed to, to be honest. Dylan um, Brasher. <laughs> yeah. Or, um, yeah, Brasher or Thompson. They were both. Yeah, Blake Thompson's been doing they well. They were both pretty in good form. But yeah. I think if Travis – like, I know Travis Dean's not playing in the Shield final, but I don't think – like, because of an injury, they said. Mm. Um, but I think I, – personally, I don't think he was going to get picked anyway. Should he be in the side next year? No. Um, I didn't think he should be in the side this no. year, well, to be honest. I mean, the form he showed last season, there was a red Shield player of the year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, yeah, it's an interesting, uh, I
0: don't think they're going to go with him moving forward. I think he offers something from a leadership point of yeah. view for Victoria. And that's probably part of the reason or most yeah, of exactly. the reason maybe why he's been in the side for, for this long and why he's kept his spot, even if he's not making runs. But Mm. yeah, Travis Den next season might be getting the cut. Whether he keeps his contract, I don't know. That's what
1: I'm wondering. I'd I'd probably keep his contract just because you never know what's happening with Pukowski and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. But if Pukowski's fit, he's definitely coming straight in for him. So yeah. Who but, knows though? Yeah, Who knows? He's valuable to have with around the um, second 11 set up because they're looking for more experience. Aren't Definitely. They? I think his perfect role is as that second 11 captain yeah. where he can lead that, those young guys coming
0: through. Yeah. Now onto the Australia A tour. We'll touch on this squad. Um, but it was announced that we are going to be going over to New Zealand with the Australia A side for two four day matches. Using the Duke's ball in preparation for the Ashes tour of England coming up this well winter for us, for summer for them. the The squad Wes Agar has been on fire this year. Not surprised to see him here. Xavier Bartlett, I'm not shocked to see him, but swing bowlers and maybe that one. I'm- yeah, that's yeah, probably the thinking that. behind that. But, yep. I, but honestly, there probably could have been other guys going here. Your man Aaron Hardy. Yeah, eye on him. He does well in this. He could very well find yes. himself in the side. I reckon
1: he always just finds form at the right time, doesn't he? Because yep. at the start of the year we were a bit concerned about him, but now going yep. brilliantly. Peter Hanskin was
0: originally in this squad, but he has since been replaced by Caleb Jewell, who's been in good form for Tazzy. Yep, in Red Bull Cricket. So hopefully right. he does well. Spencer Johnson had a really, really good start to his Shield career. He's only played two first-class games, but yeah. I think it's right to throw him in here just as a bit of a wild card.
1: Yeah, he got five furs in both those games. didn't He, he, he did only got a seven fur. <laughs> even <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's one to watch. I think they want to. I think they kind of want to pick him. So. Yeah, I think, well, they've seen him, seen what
0: he can do now. And I think the, the selectors might be a little bit high on him. Just, mm. just throw him in. Yeah. He probably won't get in the same squad as Lance Morris, but no, I sure. think. Yeah, definitely keep an eye on him and keep an eye on him during this tour. Mm-hmm. Campbell Kelly, touched on him. Yep. Really good to see him in here, um getting an opportunity. He stood up for Victoria at times when other blokes just weren't doing it when we weren't winning before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Nathan McSweeney had a breakout year for South Australia. Yeah, done definitely. really well, so good to see him in here too. Joel Paris is a bloke who's been leading the line for Western Australia over the past couple of years without many people really raising an eyebrow and noticing how well he's been doing, and I, I think it's really good to see him in here. Mitch Perry, keep an eye on him.
1: Yeah, he's been really good.
0: He's been so, so good since Christmas and, uh, watch this space. But yeah, watch this space. Jimmy Pearson yeah. is here as well yeah. as the wicket keeper. It's great to see him in here because I reckon he's yeah. the best wicket keeper in Australia. Sorry, Alex Carey. Well, Josh Inglis is probably the best white ball keeper. Jimmy Pearson, the best red ball keeper. But Jimmy Pearson, he's been an absolute Gun for years, and he's probably the best wicket keeper, as in Gloveman yeah. in Australia, I would say. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's just going to do his thing. Matt Renshaw, selectors just seem to love him. He can make as little runs as he wants <laughs> in India, but he'll, he'll still get picked in the Australia A side. Yeah. Oh, well, fair enough. Like, yeah. He had a shocker, but you know, familiar with English conditions though. So just keep an eye on him. Yeah was born in England so oh,
1: of course yeah <laughs> I was wondering where
0: are you <laughs> he's going played there? a bit of county yeah. cricket Mitch Swepson fallen off the radar a bit but he's still in this this setup which is good to see so hopefully he gets a bit of form going but just hasn't yeah. been able to reach the highs again that he had in that 2021 or 2020 mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. but yeah it's been disappointing his decline yeah. Tim Ward in the same boat as Joel Paris here just sort of flies under on the radar, radar yeah. but been opening the batting for Tassie making heaps of runs and no one really talks about him and Teague Wiley, absolute young gun for, yep. for WA. He's found a little bit of form since his form dropped off after his debut ton. And, uh yeah, it'd be good to see him in this tour.
1: Yeah, I like the mixture of um, youth and sort of players. Really- it is a good mix, yeah.
0: yeah. I agree. And I think there's a lot of sort of established guys that are coming through now, yeah. and and we're seeing that in this side. Do you think it's like a full-strength Australia A side, or is it more of like a – I don't know how to describe it, but –
1: more of a secondary sort of. I think it's a bit secondary because yeah. I feel like you'd have I don't know either Todd Murphy or Matt Kuhneman playing. Yeah, that's true. Or I don't know Uh Marcus Harris. I'm a bit surprised he's not in there. But uh, I think Marcus Harris will be playing county cricket. Oh, true. I'd imagine. Yeah, that's um,
0: good, good so that's actually so. Well, yeah, that that would be an explanation for why some guys aren't playing in this yeah, squad because yep. they are already playing um, county Canyon, cricket, yeah. so they don't really need to be um, preparing English, for yeah. English conditions because they're already in England. Will Sutherland's another one who's in in England yep. this year. I saw the other day, which is good to see yep. him getting an opportunity there. But with that, we're going to get on to our main discussion for this episode, the Summer of Cricket, Steve. So we'll start off with the One Day Cup. Like it was a few years ago, it would always start in September, and we'd play I to play the whole tournament at the start, and in recent years it's sort of gone back to more of a traditional style where they play throughout the season. But how would you go about this, Steve? How would you schedule a one-day cup into the summer of cricket?
1: Well, the way I'm thinking of the one-day cup is that you would have it – October is one-day cup month, all right? Mm -hmm. So you just play it. All your games straight up in October, play the final as well. Um, you sort of set it similar to, um, the big bash. You just do 10 games each and then you finish it before the shield e- season even starts. That's sort of just, that's it really. Yep. Um, pretty simple. Would you
0: go back to a full home and, home and away season or, uh, or uh, round robin sort of where teams play each other twice instead of the seven game season that they're running with at the moment? So it,
1: everyone plays each other twice. How many games do people play?
0: 10. Oh yeah. That's, that's what I want. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Yep. So I agree with you partially. I think there should be a block of games at the start of the season in late September, early October. I think they should play half the season, so five rounds before the Shield gets going and then play the other five progressively as the season goes on. Or right. well, it doesn't have to be five, it can be four, it can be yeah, three, but just forces, play a yeah, block probably. of one-day cup games to start yeah. the season and if any get rained off, you reschedule them for later it, yeah, in the season.
1: Yeah, I agree with that actually. That's something I didn't put down. But, yes, you should definitely do that. Absolutely. Why don't they do that? I don't know. Yeah, I think that the season is a little bit hectic
0: now, yeah. but I think they're sort of – they're coming out of COVID now and they know – that, well, they're getting back to a little bit more of a, a structured approach so that things aren't as – they're not, not going all over the place anymore. So I think they, they could be able to do this in future years. I think they should. Whether it's something that's actually seriously considered, I don't know. But, yeah, yeah they should finish this end of February, I think, have the Marsh Cup final. I, I think that's the best time to have it. But, yeah, I, I think block games at the start of the season, mm-hmm. play the rest – as they're doing right now and then finish around end of February and then have the the Shield finish at the end of March. Okay. Sounds good to me. And then on to the Shield. Yeah. What are you doing with this, Steve? Uh,
1: So similar to kind of how it is now, except it doesn't go at the same time as One Day Cup. Mm. Uh, One Day Cup is standalone and then so is the Sheffield Shield. So my idea would be you start it uh, in November, uh, probably start in November, I think, and then finish it in December, uh, just, probably just prior to the Boxing Day test. Yep. So that way you're playing concurrently, uh, with the test matches. Exactly for right. Yep. Long as time. And yeah, I've written down here just to make Junction a, a rank turner because <laughs> I love this. Yeah. Because they're talking about, um, cause we did crap in India, uh, <laughs> basically, <laughs> um, We need a a turner somewhere in Australia, and they keep mentioning, like, um, I think North Sydney that keeps getting mentioned, and I'm like, well... That would be fine. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah, but Junction is crap without spin. Yes. Well, it was crap until recently. Yeah. But um, every domestic (laughs) ground needs to have some sort of um, theme. I don't know. Yes, it needs to have its own identity. like
0: like You go up to 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 Queensland, you get, like, green tracks, and you go to Sydney, you get... Whatever you get in yeah, Sydney whatever. nowadays, Sydney I don't rain. know, or just um yeah, <laughs> yeah. So That's great, cool. You get rain. Or you get your traditional SCG wicket. You come down, you play at the MCG. Yeah. You get a bit of bit of everything, and then you go to Junction Oval, and it's it's yeah, it's a rank Ranked turner. turner. Yeah, exactly. So w, just, WA can be a green top, and yeah. South Australia can be a nice batting track, same yeah. as same as Tassie with a little bit of nip off the deck. So, so yeah, there yeah. you go.
1: Give them all identities, and then hopefully that will bring success internationally for um the, for the national who, side. Yeah, who play playing the shield?
0: Exactly right. Well, look, I I think mine differentiates from yours um, because I've got the one-day cup differently, but not to an enormous degree. Like I'd start the Shield, as I said, around October, finish it at exactly the same time as you said, um, just before Christmas, and then have – or play six rounds before Christmas, yeah. I think, um, yeah. as a as a solid block of games with yeah. the extra one day cup games on top of that, and then have four rounds and the final post Christmas or yeah. after the big bash. Um,
1: yeah, I think we have a similar setup because like, yeah, mine wants uh, yeah, you do like five or six starting up in February did, again. Yep, yeah, starting February. Yep. Yep. yep, sounds
0: great. Yeah, so yeah, I think we're pretty much in agreement on that. Mm. But here's where the big stuff
1: comes in. Yeah, we're a bit different here. Test. Cricket. What have you gone with here, Steve? Uh, basically what we got. <laughs> um, just a five test summer. I don't think you need anything more, anything less. Yeah. If you can't play five tests to get one against one nation, just do what we did most recently. Do three and two or three and three. Maybe, I don't know. Anyway. Um, i yeah, cause, um, one uh, one idea I have is that you could maybe just do a, a one off test every few years against smaller nations because we were going to play Afghanistan in a test match and obviously that didn't. Yeah, happen. you could do that. Yeah, but yeah, uh, bring in like nations like Bangladesh or. um Zimbabwe, you know, just give them a bit of an opportunity against some of the like the higher quality. Yep. And teams. we'll absolutely roll them probably. Yeah, it's, but probably. But it might be good opportunity for some younger guys to get a um Absolutely a baggy green and stuff like that. So here's probably my main talking bit is just the New Year's test. You know, everyone wants it to be well, everyone's talking about it potentially leaving Sydney, uh, but I think you've got to keep it there. Um, and my idea for it would be just to bring it forward slightly, maybe mm. January 2nd or 3rd, or even now, hear me out here. What do you think of a New Year's Day test? I think it's too. There's not enough time
0: passing between the the Boxing Day test yeah, and true. the New Year's Day test. I think the players need to recover. Like mm. you underestimate how hard five days of cricket is on. Oh yeah, on no, I'm, body I'm, that was that was probably at the, the back end of a test series yeah. too. So
1: no, yeah, but the reason why I'm suggesting uh, potentially on New Year's Day because then uh, the idea would be that the SCG would become a spinning wicket again, and so then you have to play two spinners.
0: Well, yeah, I've got so, that in mind as well. Yeah. Um, I, I did have that thought just before and, but I think, yeah, even bringing it up a couple of days would, would be okay for yeah, where like, it is at the moment. Cause
1: it, well, it used to be, um, January 2nd or 3rd until recently where I think now it's like 4th or 5th or something. Mm. Actually, t- this year might have be been 3rd, but yeah, it started just, around the 3rd. I think, yeah, I think that's the best course of action. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's always raining, unfortunately. So hopefully if you bring it forward, maybe slightly. You'll get a full test in. Yep, we'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, but yeah, that's my main sort of points. And yeah, like I said, yeah, make the SCG a spinning wicket because you need one of the grounds yeah. to help us practice the subcontinent. Yeah, I get that one. <laughs> well, look, yeah, I'm sort of similar to you, but I think I'm,
0: I'm a little bit more detailed on what I sort of want to see from it. From yeah, a test yours summer. is like so. I'd, I'd start the test matches at the end of November, I think, or yep. if start of December, or whatever you want, but yep. have them make sure they're running through December because right now they're starting way too late, I think. Mm. We're waiting way too long for the start of the test summer and I think, yeah, running the, yep. the Shield with the test matches concurrently is just the right thing to do yeah that just seems logical I don't know why it seems logical but Cricket Australia isn't full of a lot of logic right now Mm -hmm. so have they ever been not really but so you could go two ways with this I think you can go with two three test series and have six tests like they've done the past few years but if you've got like a big opposition like England or India you play five tests Yep. now if you're doing five tests you go back to the traditional model of you go to the Gabba at the end of November or the start of December have that as the opening test just as it all traditionally was. It's a real fortress for Australia, or at least it was until India went and beat us, but Mm -hmm. have that just as a normal test, no... Pink ball, nothing, no day night. Then go to Adelaide. That can be the day night test straight after yeah, that. Start of December. Yep. Then in Perth, mid December, just as it always was. And then Boxing Day, New Year's, as we discussed. Yep. Then if you're doing six tests, you do the same format with those tests. But yeah, you just put Hobart in there before or after Perth, I think somewhere in December, because there's plenty of time in between tests there. I think yep. Sydney can keep the New Year's test, I think.
1: Yeah, know, I think we're I'm in a grudge. You can't move it. You can't move it. It just but they would they would throw stuff at you. Do we want to piss off New South Wales? I don't think we. do. I mean, kind of, but yeah, no. Well, I do, but yeah, yeah. we do, but from a cricketing cricket point of view, I don't probably think. probably not. Uh, yeah, no, and they need some sort of marquee thing. So yeah, yeah. just an, just an interesting talking point here. What happens to
0: the Brisbane Test during the Gabba renovations that are happening oh, in don't, a few years? No,
1: that's a very good question. What do we do with it?
0: Do we move it to Metricon? Go to Springfield? <laughs> Go to the Gold Coast? <laughs> Um, do we go to AB field? Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> Massive um, crowds. Um, Monica Oval back in Canberra is probably the most logical option for them if they're doing the six tests. Yeah. Or do we play two games at a venue? Like, or we can play two in Perth. We can use the Wacker again and we can have one at Optus. Is that? Should sure, You just give it a whole lot. No, but like I'm saying, Hobart would already oh, have the a test. Oh, right. My bad. So we need an yeah, extra venue. Yeah, so yeah, probably. Do, do Queensland keep their test match? Do they play in North Queensland? Do they play Gold Coast? Yeah, Cairns. Take it, take it to Cairns, Townsville. Yeah, even mm. Darwin yeah. could be an option, but I don't know how much of a crowd they would get in there.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a really good talking point. It should be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, well, I, I think
0: I don't, I don't really know a lot about what's happening with the Gabba renovations. All yeah. I know is that they're running for like a few years, and yeah. like the Brisbane Lions are being kicked off it for for a few years, so they're having to find an alternate venue for it. Oh for a period of time. So what happens with the cricket there? I don't know. Queensland will be fine. They can just use Allen border field for the time being. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That'll be fine. But for test cricket, I don't know what's happening there. So probably Canberra, but it'll be interesting to see if there's any other options there, whether it's another, an extra day night test in the schedule there. Um, Oh, that's, that's something I think I missed there. But if you're doing the six tests, you can have two day-night tests and one can probably be in uh, Brisbane, I'd say. yeah, It's probably the best place to have
1: it. Mm. So I'm a bit of a traditionalist in the sense that I'm not a massive fan of the day-night test. Yep. But I think you need at least one.
0: I'm not either. I think you should have Just one. Adelaide's a great place to do it. Yeah. I think so. I
1: kind of miss just having normal tests in Adelaide, though. To be honest, I do as well. Yeah. So well, maybe, but I mean, they do really well with the day-night tests.
0: I know, but are they going to take it off Adelaide? Probably not. No. So uh, yeah. I think yeah, they do well. But yeah. this is the most controversial bit, Steve. Oh, you know what it is. It, everyone else knows what it is. It's the big bash. Ooh. What are we doing with it? We we sort of touched on it yeah. last episode. Yeah. This is
1: this is the controversial one. What are you doing with this, Steve? Well. Like I said before, with October being one day cup month, uh, January is big bash month. Um, you just play big bash cricket the whole time. Um, other than the New Year's test, um, there's no international cricket in January. So everybody can play in the big bash. Um, if, yeah, like we discussed last episode, uh, the big bash will start New Year's Eve with, uh, Adelaide versus whoever the champs are. So Perth in this case. Uh, and then you just, you just play it until. Probably the end of Jan or start of February. Probably end of Jan. Uh, End of school holidays. It works well. Yep. Yeah, and then once that's done, go back to playing um,
0: other types of cricket. Yeah, fair enough. This is a point that I raised last episode. I think. The season should start on New Year's Eve. I think that would be a massive occasion to start the Big Bash. Everyone gets excited for that, tunes in, watches it. That's a great way to kick off the season, generate hype for the rest of the tournament. And then, so, yeah, kick it off end of December and then run through January just like you said. I think I agree with you on that. And then have the finals in the last week of Jan and finish on Jan 31st I think yeah. is the best way to go about it so it's not not, not overlapping into the the school year I, I think yeah. that's probably the I best way really, to do it.
1: I think it's really crucial that they don't have any international cricket as well because that because it, it was great when we got our international stars back. But then they all went off to India. Yeah, so right, for, right at the finals. Yeah, we'll so, touch on ODIs and T20s. Yeah. After this, yep, once we yep. well,
0: uh, yeah, we'll get onto that. But I think it, it does tie into a little bit what we're talking about now. But yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's the way to go about it. Have a this is one have a game on every single night during January on free to wear TV mm. every single night. So people just turn on the TV, then they know that the big bash is on, so they turn it on. Whether they watch it or not, that's fine. But yep. as long as it's on the TV and people are able to get their eyeballs on the product, that is what Cricket Australia need to do ASAP. Yeah. And just limit double-headers to weekends because midweek double-headers that so that just don't work. So if you're scheduling games at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, if it's like a, a rural game, if they're playing in yeah. Maui or something, that's fine. But it's it's important to make sure people know when their team's playing or at least have the ability to know or just turn the TV on and see that their team's playing instead of realising that they missed a game because it was scheduled for 2 o'clock in the afternoon, um, yeah. Perth being the exception here because they can just play later and yeah. you can schedule double headers. That's fine because it, it just works with the TV schedule and they're probably not getting a, a massive audience from the eastern side of Australia anyway. Like They get big enough crowds to to generate the income. So Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's the way to go about the Big Bash one days and T20s. Yeah, well, internationally. Yes. I don't know what to do with these, Steve.
1: Oh, I, I just not. don't know. All right. Well, here's my idea. Okay. You have the ODIs. They kick off uh, our summer of cricket. You have them in October so they can run alongside the Marsh Cup. Mm. Um, that way, if someone's playing really well in the Marsh Cup, <coughs> Daniel Hughes, um, they get an opportunity. And they go straight in while they're in form. Yeah. Uh-huh. Logical. Um, yeah. Um, and then you could, you could do a tri series, maybe. I want well. to bring back
0: tri series. I don't know how that would fit in in terms of like the other, ODI other championship. Nations.
1: Yeah, I don't know, but, but do it. <laughs> do it. They're great. They're actually <laughs> they're, they're fantastic. A lot of tri-series If you need um, to play Australia A in them, do it. I yeah. don't care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> imagine if you had like th- this would be how you would get Pakistan versus um India at the MCG again. You just do a tri series. Exactly right. Um, bad, can you imagine it? an ODI tri-series <laughs> with Australia A in
0: there now? Like it would be great with the amount of awesome one-day cricketers that we have. Like mm. we talk about Matt Short being in the Australian side, but he just can't get a gig. No, because we always you play chuck him in the around. Australia A side, I feel like he'd make runs. You put him up there with Josh Philippe and Josh English can play in there as yep. well. They'd have a great side. So yeah, for sure, I think that's a, that's a great idea if all else falls
1: through. So <laughs> yeah, so exactly. um And then um for February. I know that the Sheffield cheer will be going on, but I think you got to capitalize on hopefully the popularity of the big bash. Yep. So then you do international 2020s right after it. Cause then also players who've been playing well in the big bash get rewarded with international games. Um, uh, it just sort of makes sense to me. Um, I completely agree with you on this. Yep. Yeah. So that's sort of just the, that's basically it. Um, but yeah, you just got to make them a priority and have them sequence out logically. Yeah that way you'll get the best performance yep. from your teams and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there should be a one day series around October, but you've got to make sure you're promoting it properly and getting eyeballs on it cuz like obviously it's outside school holidays so it's not Yeah, it's a bit harder, isn't it? Um like probably, we saw we saw the crowd in oh no, Melbourne it was I think um shocking, with the ODI against yeah. England.
1: I think it's got to be is she just going to have a having it off weekends the back, probably. Yeah, well
0: weekend is is the Logical option, but obviously you can't have five days in between it. Yeah, no, it's one just- day, so you have to play at least one week, midweek game. Yeah, um, which doesn't work as well in October. You could just play it in smaller if you like, find. If you do it at the start of October, maybe September, October school holidays, yeah. would that work? I maybe. don't know. Yeah. Um, cause you got to remember that families are the, are the main draw here.
1: Yeah, true. That's probably the one area. So where I'm
0: sort of like ignoring. And that's something that the big bash hasn't really catered uh, to over yeah. the past few years, but yeah. hopefully I'd, they can start to do that more.
1: Yeah. I think you could potentially just go to smaller venues, like don't go to the MCG, for example. Maybe you could, but I, I, I like the George idea. And- of,
0: I like the idea of a one-day or or an ODI at the MCG. Yeah, I mean- I I think it's great, but yeah, scheduling is an issue. I think Hmm. when they used to be on in January, it was great. Um, Yeah, very true. But if you're wanting to prioritize the big bash over one-day cricket, which it feels like they're doing, and I don't think there's there's any other way about it, Um, unfortunately. Like, it's not- Right. my point of view, but um, it's definitely the point of view of Cricket Australia because that's yeah. where the money is coming from. So yeah. um, that's fine if you want to get all your international stars playing a big bash in January, do it. But, yeah, uh, I like the idea of an ODI series in October. If you schedule it right, uh, I think there should be one – Or maybe you play one in February um, alongside the the T20s. Whoever's coming over for the T20s, you play them in ODIs as well because I think there should be at least two per summer, two series per summer, I think. But, yeah, I like the idea of one running just sort of alongside or just after the one-day cup, but make sure players are available for the Shield at the start of the season, please, and thank Uh, you, Cricket Australia. Yeah. But, yeah, I think this just needs drastic improvement um, for ODIs. Like, you look back at how they were presented a decade ago and you were so excited for them. Like, you run your mind back to Jimmy Faulkner, the finisher, his innings in in Brisbane. And, like, or even just how they were promoted. Like, I remember, like, you could actually get excited for one day as they were on and you knew they were on.
1: Well, World Series cricket. (laughs) I'm not running my mind back that (laughs) far before I was born. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm just like you know like, what i mean though yeah no yeah you want it to feel special you know yeah
0: exactly and right now they they're just at all they might as well just be march cup games they put, um they put all the treats just glorified march cup games cuz that's all they are right now yeah. and the march cup games are probably getting bigger crowds anyway oh. at the moment but yeah, yeah. getting 5000 people at the mcg to watch an odi on a random tuesday afternoon um it's, it, it's not great yeah, yeah. Um, so, but you've got to make the ODI championship a big deal. I think they've got this thing, the test, test championships done really well since they implemented it. I don't mm. think anyone really under, understands that the ODI championships going on, but it is.
1: I'm going to be honest. I've got no idea what you're talking about. Exactly.
0: <laughs> it, it, it's the same as the test championship. It, it's, no. it's running, but no one's really talking about it or discussing it. Yeah. I feel like world cups are probably that's yeah. always in the back of. People's minds. Yeah,
1: that's what
0: I, yeah. um, right. instead, but I, I think they need to make the ODI championship a big deal in order to make all these ODIs feel special. Yep. And to 100% right. actually make them mean something instead yep. of just being dead rubbers that no one really cares about and yep. doesn't want to go to. So my opinions actually changed while we're talking about it, but mm. play school holidays so that families can attend. It would be to do that i think definitely scheduling them on weekends like saturday yeah, yeah. saturday Arvo, saturday night would be the best course of action like i think october is a great time of year to do that when it's sort of yeah. in between footy and cricket season
1: yeah, almost man. maybe even. how it- long do holidays go for i'm trying to think like it, with the start of february that's still school holidays right uh school starts at the start of february typically well i'm not in school <laughs> yes, so clearly I got no idea. Yes, but you like you. You
0: could have the Big Bash Finals on like the yeah, lot, right. on that weekend of yep. February where where school starts. I think that's probably the best best time to do it. Um, if yep. you want to just overlap a little bit. Um, but yeah, just in general, I think Cricket Australia just need to be a bit smarter with their scheduling and
1: yeah, that's sort of the main thing, isn't it? T like Twenty feel-
0: yeah logical exactly. T Twenty is I I agree with you. I think that's a great idea, yeah. even though they are completely
1: pointless and I don't see the point in them. Yeah, I don't really know. I guess I guess you've got, you've got a, um, a World Cup. It's so a point, World Cup. You've you got to play it. games, yeah. I guess, but just
0: from like an Australian point of view. I, I yeah, think yeah. For Cricket Australia, they're probably good financial generators, I, I think, in a way, but mm. I think they need to really capitalize on the Big Bash and the popularity yeah. and who's doing well in the Big Bash so that they come straight into a T20 yeah. series well, and people can go and watch the T20 side of guys that have been in form in the Big Bash and could, and actually could, want to watch it, yeah.
1: Could you do, like, an exhibition-type game? Like, you have the team of the Big Bash versus, like, the Australian you 2020 You've read my team. mind, Steve. Yeah, that be would be cool. absolutely be absolutely awesome. I'd, I'd pay to see
0: that. Yeah. Have Australia versus the BBL All-Stars. Yep. Sounds great. Yep. Let's do it.
1: We kind of. Cricket Australia, make it happen. All right. (laughs) If, if they, if the, if the BBL starts to get smashed, (laughs) that won't be a great advertisement for the game, but. All right. With that, well, I think that sounds like a pretty good summer of cricket to me, Steve. Yeah. I, I, I prefer
0: that, to be honest. Cricket Australia, if you're, if you're listening, make it happen. Yeah, guys, come on. Anyway, that's all we've got for today. Steve, thanks for joining me, thanks as always. for having me. That's it for this episode. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure you go and follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcast, or both if you're feeling generous. Hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you next time. going to
1: be over the top.
0: the sign? Is it the sign? middle
1: of the sign.